So yesterday evening, I did something which is a little bit unusual these days. I, even in Sweden, even in Stockholm, I, uh, I went out for a meal with two friends. So I went to this restaurant, uh, this restaurant, and it was, it was quite busy, busier than I imagined any restaurant would be. Um, so sunny evening, beginning of the summer, and every table outside was busy, and perhaps every second table inside was busy. So it's a little bit of a flashback to the to the old world. What did you do last night? I was uh, alone uh, in my flat on the balcony. I uh, cooked myself a lovely meal, a nice glass of red wine. And I was sitting outside. It was very warm. And uh, the sun is in my face when I'm on my balcony in the evening. Uh, and so it was just delightful. I had my notebook. And... Uh, was just sipping red wine, eating slowly, making some notes, reflections, and just loving, <laughs> loving the solitude and not having to be out. From your balcony, you do see people, though. It's almost like being uh, on a terrace in a restaurant where no people, or you have no people, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, except you cook, you cook your own food, you bring your own food and, uh, you don't have to pay the bill afterwards. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and, uh, but it's nice. Yeah. So I, it's, I love it. So there, there is people, there's noises. There's, uh, because I'm on a low, you know, low balcony. Uh, so I'm not high. And, uh-huh. uh, so it still feels like you're relatively close to and where. My balcony looks out of is quite a popular place when all the pubs and restaurants are still closed. So this is a place where people just sit and uh, relax and walk and run and cycle and so on. So, so it's really nice, perfect for me because I can still see people and hear noises, yeah. uh, which I like. But at the same time, I don't have to make conversation, which I yeah. don't. And uh, yeah, it's very, very enjoyable. I've had many, many evenings like that. Uh, yeah. The weather has been, it's been the hottest month of May since records began. And also the most sunshine since records began, I think. So it doesn't, it doesn't hurt, right? To, for the weather yeah. to be so good to, um, to, so my balcony is really, is where I live most of the time at the moment. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. So we've had the opposite. I think it's been the coldest May. I haven't actually read that, but it's been really cold. We had snow pretty much mid-May still. I mean, not snow that stayed on the ground, but it was pretty cold. Mm. It's kind of uh, nature's uh, message. Don't get too happy socializing, too close with each other, mm. you know, stay mm. away. Whereas uh, you've had the opposite. Anyway, so I... Um, I was, um, I mean, we started reflecting on this, I think, a long time ago, and it became really obvious to me again yesterday. I, before I, I met up with my friends in the restaurant, I, I ran into another friend, and she was just on her way with her family to the country house, and I haven't seen her for a while, and I just, you know, checked in. I haven't seen her since, since the whole virus, um, period started, and, um, and I was asking, so, how, so how are you? And, and she said, I'm wonderful. I'm loving this lifestyle. So just ignoring all the uh, 
you know, and any kind of difficulties that might be because of the situation we're in. She was just saying the, uh, the lifestyle of not having any expectations to socialize or to, um, to do anything. Yeah. That was just, it's just wonderful. So the new norm is to not do anything. Whereas the norm before was to always do something with others. Yeah. And, um, and that's the same for me. Uh, and I know for you, it's uh, similar and most people listening to this will know, but we've, we have talked about personality before. We haven't actually addressed it as a topic on this podcast, but it sort of comes in and out and, you know, where it's been so obvious how introverts react to this versus how extroverts react to it. And, uh, and it's probably the first time ever that I know that, that introverts are in their natural habitat. This is what they love most. So, and I, I mean, I think I have changed my life significantly already so that I don't do many things that I feel are put upon me by social pressures or, or, um, sort of, um, you know, having to do things that I don't want to do, but there's probably still the odd sort of getting together with people that I prefer not to really. I mean, it sounds a little bit harsh, but I actually like my solitude. And um, that doesn't mean I always want to be alone, but I prefer to be alone a lot more than most people would ever understand, especially extroverts understand them because, because society's norms are very much geared towards extroverts. Society expects us to be wanting to go to parties, wanting to be out with people. And I don't. And I really, I've, I, I find it sometimes even difficult to, admit that to myself, let alone to other people, that this is what I prefer. I prefer to be, you know, yeah, with one or two other people, um, which I at the moment do mainly via, you know, using technology rather than physical meetings. That's great, right? Where you can have a deep, meaningful or a, a bit more meaningful dialogue than the talking about, you know, really nothing, um, which you do in groups generally. Um, so to be alone or with one or two other people, it's my preferred way of being. And I've had lots and lots of opportunity for that in the last three months. So I've, I'm having a great lockdown. I love it. It's a really, really nice, great opportunity to spend a lot more time writing and journaling and reflecting and reading and thinking and meditating and all the stuff that normally gets pushed out is now there's a lot more time for it. Yeah, it's enjoyable. I, uh, I've also noted, um, when it comes to dialogues and what we talk about in different settings, and you could argue that you're always in charge of that, that you could always make a choice yourself. I just think it's it's more difficult to steer that when you are in a in a group where there are certain expectations. So let's say it is a it is a party of celebration or it's a 
working lunch with a number of people or there's a certain combination of people, you kind of search to find a, a subject that is the something that works for everybody um, to make it smooth and make it kind of comfortable. What I found in in this period when when we are perhaps we have to be a little bit more specific when we're going to meet somebody either through Zoom technology or as as I I can I, I still can obviously meet people um, because there's not a proper lockdown here. Um, I still see that I seek out contexts where I get the conversations that I really crave. Mm. Whereas in the world, the pre, pre this, um, I think I just accepted that in certain formats, the conversations and, and uh, topics are in a certain way. And I didn't do much to, to change. It's too hard to take in, it's taking too much effort. Whereas, um, I now realize maybe, maybe it's about not taking part even more, not taking part in those settings and mm. be even more deliberate because this is, this is what this is proving. And I'm, I remember going into this period. I just before uh, countries were locking down, I had a meeting with my coach and he asked me something like that, you know, so why don't you, why don't you, because I was saying, okay, if, if the traveling is going to go away, which it then did, I will miss out meeting my international friends that I have really, you know, good, deep, meaningful conversations with. I will miss out on that. And he said, well, why don't you always have those technologies always there? So maybe it's about your priorities and, and the time you set aside for that rather than anything else. Mm. Yeah. So it's, um, it's really interesting. I, I think it's so hard for extroverts to understand what we are talking about here. And I think that has to do with the society norms being geared towards extroversion. Because I, I believe that we are much better at understanding extroverts or having empathy for extroverts than extroverts are of having empathy for introverts. You see what I mean? And, and, and especially now, I mean, we, we all, you know, you and I both know, know and hear lots of stories of extroverts that go crazy. Um, perhaps less so in Sweden because, you know, there's no lockdown, but in other countries, it's really, really hard not to see people when you are, when you love being around groups of people and strangers and parties and, and gatherings and, uh, and I really understand that. It's, it must be really hard. It's not for me, but it, I can understand it's very hard for, for some people. So you could then argue that in the, uh, when we are back to some kind of normal, whatever that is, and, and the demands of taking part in all sorts of gatherings, when that is back, is that going to be different? Because now, Everybody's got a preference for introversion and, and get their energy in solitude or with in smaller settings that are more selective or will it then change? Do you think? Or do you think we're going to go back to exactly where we were? Or are people going to be more firm saying, no, that's not for me. Actually, I now know that <laughs> there's another way and I'm going to go 
I'm going to stay in. I'm not coming out or. Well, I hope that, well, two things. One, that introverts will, people that, that like this lifestyle will uh, be a little bit more protective of this lifestyle. So they will stand up for themselves a bit more and not go and follow the society's norms um, blindly by going to every party they're invited to. Um, and I hope also that that society, extrovert society, will accept that a bit more from those people. Uh, that would be really, really good outcome of this crisis, actually, if there would be a bit more normalized, balanced, uh, norms between introversion and extroversion. So it's a bit more accepted and it's not considered to be weird because it is really, right? Well, before COVID. So hopefully there will be a bit more acceptance of this, both by the introverts themselves, of themselves, but also by society of those people that say, yeah, mm, you know, I'm going to choose my book tonight. So maybe we have two extremes here, two polarities almost, the one we used to have before this and the one we're in right now, and we will find some kind of middle ground where everybody's a little bit more honest to the real preference of truth. Hmm. I'm wondering, because if you look at the the whole working from home and the um, question I think I've been asked by many and I ask myself, so will people now not need offices in the same way? And then you have, you almost have again, two camps, one saying, oh no, this is just proving that we need offices even more than ever because that's where we need to meet. And then you hear the other version people saying i i don't miss it at all i'm i know I'm, I'm so much more productive so much more efficient i feel so much better when i have my own space and i don't get disrupted as much and and so on and then you, of course you get into discussions of what is efficiency when you are a team when, when you when you're a group when you have these differences so i can see how we're going to have to not going to have to but i think we will adapt a little bit more to um to accommodate for both preferences going forward. Whereas I think in many cases before working from home was sometimes judged by people who, who, who can't do it properly. So it's more an excuse for not working so much. You say I'm working from home. Whereas for somebody who, who does that really well, that's where you get most of the work done. So you, you become very time efficient. It is, uh, <laughs> there is actually another reason. There's another divide, I think, uh, in that, that whole argument about offices. Will they come back like they did or not? And that's if you, t- whether you're talking to somebody that owns property or whether you're talking to somebody that rents property. So it's large companies that rent massive office spaces that are all saying, hmm, yeah, no, no, we're not going back to normal because they're going to save a lot of money. <laughs> And it's the owners of those commercial properties that are saying, no, 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 we will go back to, we will go back to normal because people need this space because they don't want to see all that space um, empty and lose lots of money on it. So I think that's another, that's another reason why people don't agree on it. Um, yeah. So, uh, 
I don't know what it was, what else I was going to say, but anyway. Oh, well, if I just continue on the uh, idea of space, because it, now you're talking about you're an introvert and you have quite a lot of space where it's possible for you to be in solitude because your, your kids are, are teenagers and they're out. If you're an introvert and you are in a lockdown in a smaller space than your normal kind of life when you go to an office or when you're out and about, obviously it's a bit of a nightmare because you're going to be very close to to family if you're sharing that space with a partner and younger younger children. Mm. I've got a friend who um who has a husband and three children. So younger teenagers. And um and and sort of yeah, between sort of I don't know eight and fifteen or whatever. And uh and this is really hard for her. She because she has normally more solitude than she has now. Because everybody is at home all the time. So the schools went back, uh, and, and, uh, this is in Holland and she's really happy that it's coming, come down a little bit. So you're right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Principle is still the same, right? So it becomes clear for us. If you think about it, if you are reflecting on this type of stuff, it becomes clear that, um, personality in particular, the this the introversion extroversion uh, line is becoming um is is so relevant in this in this period in how people are dealing with this situation so uh, i think we might have talked about this before but there in terms of the individual situation and how people react to this covid-19 there are elements of, you know, how well do you deal with anxiety? So, which, which is another personality aspect, which is neuroticism. So if you are low on neuroticism, like I think, well, I'm extremely low on it and you are quite low on it as well. That helps you, right? In this situation. Because you don't get anxious about something that, you know, that doesn't really make sense to be anxious about because you don't, you can't predict what happens, happens in the future. So, um, so that's another sort of personality aspect that will define, uh, in, in addition to introversion, extroversion is, is how you deal with the situation and whether you're dealing quite easily, you know, like I keep saying I'm having a really good lockdown. That is so weird, right? For some people to say, to hear that, it's like, how could you possibly, because if you are prone to anxiety and or love being around people physically gathering with people, then you don't understand what that's like. So on both sides, on the, both on the extroversion as well as on the neuroticism, I happen to have the, the, the personality that is suited for this situation. I'm wondering how much of this is down to personal maturity or personal development, because I seem to hear <clears throat> more people who are in their early 30s that perhaps suffer more and it, and it could be that I mean it could be down to a living situation the fact that you live on your own and you're not used to staying in so much but I think it might also be that maybe you don't actually know what you prefer so it's you, you're mm -hmm. kind of struggling a little bit more 
to see yeah. the no, no, to see the full picture, to accept that there there are actually quite a few advantages, even if you are, or maybe you don't even know if you're an extrovert or an introvert. So you haven't really accepted where you are. Mm, exactly, you haven't thought about it. Yeah. So. You know, there have been quite a few um, articles and studies about leadership and introversion. So, I mean, this is not new. This is something that we've seen. The, the fact that there are books written about the introvert leader and the advantages of being an introvert leader, that mm. they're, you know, some of the most successful leaders are introverts. The fact that there there is a need to write books about it is probably because we think naturally that a leader should be an extrovert, mm. a charismatic person with, uh, you know, who, uh, who does well on stage, who, who can articulate himself or herself and enjoy being amongst people and, and so on. But I think one of the reasons there, there are, you know, some pretty vital strengths in being an introvert leader is that I believe, maybe it's not true, so tell me what you think. I believe if you have a preference for introversion, you are a good listener. Yeah, so there's, there's yeah, I think that's right. I think, um, so we, just to, there's one point that we need to make, which is that this whole personality thing is not necessarily about what you're good at, right? So as an introvert, you can be great at public speaking and you can be great at, um, as an extrovert, you be, can be also be great at listening, but there is a, there's a, probably a tendency from the personality point of view for an introvert to be better at listening, for an extrovert to at least be much more comfortable to be in large groups and be on stage and be in the center and in the limelight and so on. So it's all about preference. Um, so, so, for a leader, especially a leader of large groups, whole companies, you know, thousands of people, to be an introvert, you might be right that it's it might be um, good for their leadership qualities, but it can't be comfortable, right? Because you're constantly if if you if you are a bit like me and you're saying, well, you know, I prefer a good book over. Or I prefer to, to make notes and write and listen to podcasts or whatever it might be over being with large groups. Well, as a leader, whether you like it or not, you will have to spend a pretty significant amount of your time being in large groups, networking with clients, with employees, with, so yeah, it could be good for a leader because they listen better and they don't necessarily have, they don't have that, that urge to be in the, in the middle, in the center of attention. I, I personally wouldn't want to be a leader of thousands of people because with that would come a pressure on me to do things that don't fit with my personality, in particular introversion, I would say. I probably would be able to deal with it because I've got a very low level of neuroticism. Right. So I, I probably, but I don't, I don't, I don't like it. I mean, if I'm on a stage with 300 people, I don't get any, uh, bus out of that. I, 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 you know, I'm happy when I'm off. I do it because it's part of our job, but I, I don't like it at all. And I will never like it. And it's completely 
that has nothing to do with how well I'm doing or whatever. I mean, it's great. I like performing. I like doing a good job. But I don't like to be on a stage and everybody looking at me. That just goes against everything that I feel is what I enjoy. Mm. I just want to hide in my hotel room. <laughs> That's my preference. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, thinking of the leaders that we work with and I can see and I know, of course, because we've done the work around Myers-Briggs, which is one of the tools that you can use to to uh, to find out more about your personality uh, when it comes to extroversion, introversion. So I'm thinking of some of the leaders we work with and where their preferences are and what their styles are mm. and what they're good at. Yeah. So if I think about stage presence, just continuing with that, if I'm thinking about the introvert, the, the, the leaders with, an, uh, with a preference for introversion, how are they performing on stage? How are they? Mm. They're usually really well prepared. Yeah. An extrovert uh, thinking, I mean, I'm sure they're also well prepared if I think about them, but it kind of also comes in the spur of the moment, kind of. Because yeah. they get their energy as they are on stage. So they kind of have that. Mm. You can train this, of course, because as you rightly say, that's a, that's something that you can practice. Yeah. But, I mean, and being a leader is so much more than being on stage and being in big groups. It is a lot about finding the right mix of people for various situations, yeah. having the right management team around you and so on. Yeah. And if you don't have that urge to be in the middle and be seen as being the leader in that sense, yeah. which you may or may not have as an extrovert, but I think it's more likely that you have it as an extrovert because you like talking. So yeah. I think it is a pretty strong case yeah. for, for having introvert leaders more than we do. So uh, I think we should probably wrap up. Not, I mean, it's the, the time is probably there, but also the, mo- the most important is that you need to leave soon for your uh, exercise class. It is Saturday morning. Uh, you tell everybody early. what I'm doing on Saturday mornings very early. Tell everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Exercising, right? So we did this before you go to your exercise class. Um, so what are people taking away? Uh, what do you think? Well, I'm, I'm very much into, to the acceptance of the fact that, you know, whatever it is that you're enjoying, especially perhaps as an introvert in this lifestyle, how are you going to bring that with you when the options increase again. So how can you learn from this and, and integrate some of the introvert practices that you now have as part of a more extroverted society once society opens up? So be yeah. it travel less, be it be more selective with social gatherings or with the people you surround yourself with. More deliberate, I think. Yeah, I think that is absolutely the key takeaway. I agree. The other, the other thing I would say is if you're unsure what we're talking about here, um, there's a couple of things you could do. You could go and just Google, um, uh, personality test or personality profile or whatever on, and there's two that I would recommend. One is 16 personalities, which is, uh, is a free version of MBTI, 16 personalities. I think it's called and the other one is the big, big five. Um, and both has a, a, um, uh, one of the, so in the in the first one the sixteen personalities there's four factors, 
one of them is introversion extroversion and in the big five uh, there's five factors but also one of them is in, is uh, extroversion so th- then that will give you a little bit of idea of what we're talking about here if you're unsure and the other thing i would say is whether you, regardless of whether you're an introvert introvert or an extrovert if you find some time just to reflect on the last couple of months and see what does it mean for you, this, what we are talking about here? What has your lockdown been like? What are you going to, you know, be really happy to go back to? And what are you going to take forward and say, hmm, I might keep this in post-pandemic world, uh, the new normal. So just reflect on that a little bit. Journal about that. If you're an introvert, you're going to love that. If you're an extrovert, you (laughs) ask other people about this. Both are fine, right? (laughs) 